and welcome to the 120th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And I am joined tonight, as in every podcast night, by a bevy of brilliant bitches. Hello, ladies. Hello. Don't call Ashley a bitch. God damn it. <laughs> her. her body, her voice. <laughs> so we'll go through and introduce ourselves. And we will start with, as I see on my screen, Alex Lane. Who are you? You need uh, to unmute yourself. <laughs> I, I was trying. It, like, froze. Um, I'm Alex Lane. I am an assistant professor uh, at Metropolitan State University. I am also the cooker of stuffed acorn squash, the watcher of X-Files, and the mother of dogs. Mm, Scully. You are the mother of dogs. <laughs> they might be running around here. I'm going to leave it like this so you guys can see them running in and out. Yay. <laughs> All right. And next up, we have Alicia. Who are you, darling? I'm Alicia Carabinas. I am a PhD student in rhetoric and composition at Purdue University. Um, and in the spirit of Alex, I am the uh, maker of chicken wings and the drinker of two beers at once. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Damn right. On your headstone, motherfucker. On your- <laughs> oh. If nothing else makes it on there, let's put that. The drinker of two beers at once. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Ashley, who are you, darling? I am Rakia. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, what? What was I saying? Oh yeah, I'm Rakia. <laughs> She's we're hard drinking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a PhD student at Purdue in second language studies. And uh, yeah, that's me. What are you the doer of? I was so hoping you would say that and you did because you're <laughs> Wow. She has a fairly early drinking. turn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, Bianca, who are you, darling? <laughs> who are you? Who are you doing? <laughs> Let's get it out there. Let's get it out there. Okay, I'm Bianca Batty. I am, uh, what am I? Oh, I'm a PhD student in literary studies at Purdue, um, and I am right now mainly just a drinker of whiskey, so... Uh, You're also the wearer of sweet love glasses. Love it. A wearer of what? Oh, my glasses? Sweet glasses, yeah. Like and the yeah. owner of kind of yeah. a freaky uh, cowboy picture behind you. That guy? Yeah. yeah looking at me. <laughs> Really ominously, I'm kind of shout scared. out to my friend Paul who sketched that well, on the fly. Yeah, Wait, good Paul. job, Paul. It's mm-hmm. good, but scary. <laughs> Looking into my soul. That's that's a really a good dog. summary of his work generally. So, <laughs> yep, there's a dog. Hi, Surly. Come here. That's a horse. That's not a dog. Yeah. <laughs> who are you, Sam? Yeah, Sam. Well, who am I? I am the. Um, Drinker of cider and wrangler of cats, apparently. Cat wrangler, yeah. 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 Excuse you, that's wrangler of cats. Ooh. We have a theme. Yeah. Look at mine. 
Oh, Pippin. All right, so let's get started. We'll do our usual, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. And uh, we'll start with uh, Ashley says she jumped the line. Ashley, who? Uh, what you playing? <laughs> uh, I'm playing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Undertale. I really like mm-hmm. Undertale right now. Um, Tales from the Borderlands, Who's Your Daddy, and, of course, State of Decay and Destiny. All the fun stuff. Yeah. All right, well, I'll jump in and say what I'm playing. I've been playing... Um. Oh, Zeros, which was the um one of the games with free games with gold last month on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, oddly enough, is is not the greatest game in the world, but it was strangely calming and addictive. It was like because I could just walk along and kill shit and keep going and kill some more shit. There's no point to that game other than to kill shit. Um and break boxes. So it's just be destructive. Be as destructive as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is fun sometimes. Really fun. Um, I also went back and played a little Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare um, just for shiggles. And that was fun. That's always a fun game. And then I um, jumped into the Garden Warfare 2 multiplayer beta and it just made me decide that that's a game I never want to buy because it was pretty much just not fun for me. Um, I went back to my some more of my comfort games. I played Clockwork Tales on the Xbox, which is a half-adventure, half-item-finding uh, game, which was kind of fun. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. And the interesting thing about it was, and the main reason I bought it, because it had, it was, well, steampunk-themed, one, which is always a big plus for me, uh, two, and it had a female protagonist. Um, so that was a whole lot of fun. I played that with my kid. Uh, and, oh, the thing that I have spent a whole lot of time playing um, has been Yokai Watch uh, on the 3DS which is kind of a mix of Pokemon and Nino Kuni. It's a level 5 game. Um, level 5 as in the, the studio. Um, and so you go around and you collect these wonderful little Pokemon-type creatures um, that are called yokai. Um, and you have these little quests, and you do favors for people, and there's this neat little story. Um and I've had a whole lot of fun playing that. I've played that probably way, way, way more than I should have. <laughs> and that's what I've been playing. Cool. Alicia, what have you been playing? Oh, I, and I'm sorry. And I played Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I also played Who's Your Daddy not for very long. <laughs> uh, and don't want to play it again. Um... I've mostly been playing Metal Gear Solid 5 still, forever, always, until, I don't know, until I've stolen everything and things stop respawning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry got ahead of me on the missions in his game, and I got really pissed off, so while I was I was sick earlier this week, and uh, I played a lot then, uh, trying to catch up to him, because the beginning of my semester was busier than his, mm. so he got to just lounge around at night and 
play video games. And we get a, a little bit of rivalry having it in the house when we're playing the same game. So now I, I caught up, and, uh, and we're tied again. I think he's one mission ahead of me, but I'm still pretty mad. And I've been playing a little bit of her story again, working on something with that. But uh, not a whole lot of time for video games lately. Like, all these professors keep assigning me readings. And shit. Like, i got to do that. <laughs> what is that about? I don't know. They need to stop. <laughs> See, welcome to PhD land. Mm-hmm. I told you. I had to schedule, be a party. I had to schedule myself in 15 minute to an hour increments, including scheduling time for myself to argue on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you are very good at that. I mean, well, I had that's why I had to leave time in there for it. Anyway, <laughs> next. That would be you, Bianca. What you been playing? Oh yeah, so I finally finished Life is Strange. Yay! So, done. Thankfully, finished that. I was feeling like a slacker. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So um, and then I've uh, started playing Undertale, since Ashley was telling me about that. Yeah. Uh huh. Looking at you, sister. And uh, what else have I? Oh, I played Who's Your Daddy, obviously. Um, and I'll, I forgot. I've been playing a little bit of her story too. So. Mm-hmm. Like Alicia, so a lot of a uh, lot of mirroring and parallels happening. Everyone, Weird. yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, Somebody else needs to be playing Yokai Watch with me. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> Hell is wrong with you people. That game is so fun. <laughs> I read what you wrote about it. No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. I mean, mm. I still love you, but I don't mm-hmm. play the game you play. <laughs> See, Alex agrees. Mm-hmm. It's three against one. Whatever. Alex, <laughs> what the hell have you been playing? Mm-hmm. I put it in the notes. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell you say? I, can't you see it in there? Did oh, I, I see. I see what you put in the notes. Okay. <laughs> I see what you put in the show notes. If I could have photocopied a picture of my ass in there, I would have put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you no, because I closed Basecamp. Cause you oh, can't. yeah. I had a little love note for you. You can check that shit out later. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really nervous. I shouldn't have messed with you. I'm sorry. That's right. What you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing. I also played the Plants vs. Zombies 2 multiplayer uh, or whatever beta. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was really similar to the first one, and my problems with the first one, things like they didn't have enough tower defense, um, they didn't have coach, good coach co-op, they didn't have very good one-player um, that wasn't shoot-em-ups, uh, seems not to be fixed at all with that. They added nope. some new characters on both sides, uh, but that's but that's really it. Um, oh, <laughs> so I'm scared now. Uh, I saw your thing. Uh, so, uh, it was fine. I, I'll probably still buy it because I like the game a lot, but none of the things that were disappointing about the first game were fixed. Um, I played Undertale because my students told me that I wouldn't be cool unless I tried it. So, <laughs> Love it. I, I, re- I really like it. It's, it's funny because it's literally like the opposite type of game that I would like. I don't think quirky, <laughs> funny stuff is cute at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it just annoys me. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying to be really cute and funny. But it actually like, really grew on me at first. I was like, Ugh. but I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a good enough mix of, of cute, funny, with actual, like, s- gameplay elements that are kind yeah. of clever. Um, so it's not just like, look at me, I can, I'm a 
I'm a, you know, turned away creative writer that fell into video games. Look how clever I am. Uh, so there's not enough of that. I know there's lots of creative writers in here. But the actual gameplay elements are interesting and cute and kind of clever as well. So I, d- I did like it quite a bit, and I'll play it again. Um, you going to make was... it dark, dark this time? Am I going to what? Like turn it into a dark, dark, awful world. Oh, I haven't, I don't know. I'm not done with it yet. Oh. I know. I've heard you can do that, though. Yeah, you can. I've, I also heard, so I played it with sound, because the pr- people who told me to play it said the soundtrack's incredible, which mm-hmm. was, I never played with sound, so it was cool. I played a little Call of Duty so, on some Nuketown. Um, I played Intel Dawn. I haven't finished that yet, but I'm close. And then I played Plantera, which uh, was really stupid. Have you guys heard of that? Uh-uh. So it's like a, it's on Steam, and it's supposed to be kind of like a new Farmville type style thing. That's how they sell it, and it's not like that at all, and it's stupid. It takes like way too much engagement. So like you plant stuff, and you like that's the beauty of Farmville type games is you plant them, and then you can like do other stuff. But like there's you have to constantly be clicking to like pick up all the crap. Like it grows, all the stuff grows in like five seconds, and then you have to pluck it, and then you have to put it in your whatever. So it's it's really stupid. I, <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah. Who have you lost in Until Dawn? Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's been like a week. I mean, like the sister died and the uh, hipster big guy that's in love with the girl. I don't pay attention <laughs> to narrative very well. <laughs> no, she I like doesn't. the way you described it. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like the hipster flannel in love with the girl guy? Mike? That guy? Yeah, maybe Mike. No, Mike. Ah, no. Mike, he died. No, uh, what's his name? The blonde guy who's in love with Ashley. Oh, Jeff? That's not a name. What's his name? I don't remember. Well, Chris. I, have, like, Chris? I can't keep Chris. Yes, Chris. Chris. So, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, also a girl. I also killed a girl. That was kind of cool, actually. That was kind of cool. So I don't remember who she was. I really don't pay attention to the narrative. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the story. Sorry. <laughs> well, what is there to that game, though, except for the story? I want the stairs. Oh. Yeah, like, there I are want, some, I want there the jump some scares. jumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. That's why I'm still playing it. I like the jump scares a lot. Yeah. Um, I also kind of like the creepy story. Yeah, because so the two that go out to the cabin... Right. Oh yeah, Mike so and uh, she, so yes. she she died. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I lost her too. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really care. They're, they're <laughs> kind of annoying. I, I'm surprised you're playing that that game because you. I've played games with Alex before, like even multiplayer games where there's narrative involved, and she skips it all. Yeah. It's like, wait, Alex, I gotta read. She's like, nope, I'm gone. No, I don't. I don't like story. Set on a, <laughs> Alex, full of I, I think I kind of I love you a little bit more now because I'm, <laughs> I'm similar. Ghost I'm hug. Like, I can't. No. Like, I don't have time for it. I don't care. I like, just want to play. Like, I want to farm some mats and make some cool gear and shit. <laughs> I care if it's at all interesting. If it's not, I don't care. Yeah. It I remember in my, my short-lived um, experience, like, wow, I don't think I read a fucking screen. No. 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 Even Undertale, there's like way too much dialogue going on in that. I'm like X X X X X X X X X. It's slow too. It's like holds you up. Yeah, it is slow. So anyway, that's what I'm playing. All right. Wee. Let's talk about the last one. Should I talk about what is it? Reading. Oh, reading next. I'm not reading anything. I got excited about drinking. Who's reading? 
Anybody reading? I mean, we are. We're all reading. I was going to say, you're all reading. Other than class stuff. Well, you've been re you you started in class and you developed this unnatural love for Miguel Sicard. Wait, wait, wait! This is not unnatural. <laughs> I love it. It's not unnatural. That's very. This is natural. not unnatural at all. No. <laughs> if if somebody listening to this knows him, you can just let him know that. Can you please give him my phone number? <laughs> <laughs> like I would like to text him. <laughs> me too. He doesn't even have to talk to me. We just text back and forth. <laughs> we talk about ethics and truth and morals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's nothing unnatural Wait. about this. I know a guy who had an article published on procedural ethics, if ethics is your thing. Ooh, procedurality, yes. Speaking <laughs> mm, no. my love language. Ethics. Now. <laughs> Should I say it slower? Ethics. Oh. <laughs> I know. Mind blown. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how Alex has anything to say about ethics. <laughs> oh. I love you, Alex. <laughs> so yeah, we're re we're all reading. We were reading that for class, and now we're reading uh, Jewel and. I have to say, I like the art of failure a, a lot better than this book. <laughs> this book. Read the art of failure; it's good. I, no, I, I read the art of failure. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm just mm -hmm. I'm not. No, I'm I'm telling our listeners. Oh yeah, go read that. <laughs> this one half real, you know, it's a book. It's half real. I don't know. Got some pages in it. Oh, it's not that bad. She doesn't like the definition of games, the way he defines games. Yeah, but nope. half real is old as shit. Like, you got to think about it in historical <laughs> context. Like, it was important when it came out. I'm so, sure she, it was. Totally it's not the, the, the importance of it or that it seems trite. She just totally and completely disagrees with it. <laughs> I get why these books happen. Um, I understand the feeling, the urge to define a medium to maybe place some kind of limits on the conversation. But I have some feelings about how these men tend to go about it. Whoa. You, don't, you, you don't like as they say? What? I'm sorry. There was some muttering. I couldn't hear you. I said, you don't like the seminal works, as they say? Um, like I said, I I'm recognize... Really to repeat that. I recognize a progression in thought. It was just a semen joke. I oh. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Right. I was doing very important scholarship over here. I don't know what you bitches were doing. Alicia's all serious. I recognize and, and, and we're just all laughing at like, ha-ha, she said poop. <laughs> listen to this now, too, because it was in the paper. Like, like, you said last time, they're going to be like, Alex, I think you should be fired. <laughs> I quit. Peace out. Yeah. So you made semen jokes. I know. <clears throat> the word is seminal, though, and only used in... Oh, never mind. Never mind. You know what? No, no, no. Talk about it. Do it. Go. Well, when people talk about canonical and seminal works, who are they talking about? Men. Dudes. Men. White, white dudes. Men. White and that's, men. Yes, white thank guys. you. Old so, like, white men. 
that that's dead, the like, word is is telling on multiple <laughs> bodily levels, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, it's legit. It was a legit semen joke. I it will was. take it to my tenure <laughs> review committee, okay? <laughs> so, because Bianca and I are going to get together and disrupt the shit out of everything. Good. Why just us two? What are you talking about? Well, and because that's everybody. what you're actually calling your thing, and I'm just going to ride your coattails. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come along, everybody. <laughs> People are gonna think I run a dogfighting ring. I mean, you probably do. So, can we talk about booze now? Yes, we can talk about booze now. Boxed wine? Oh God, Alex Lane! <laughs> Tell us all about your boxed wine, Alex Lane. Well, it's, it's a boxed. fancy box left over from uh, Thanksgiving, and fancy means that it costs more than seven fifty, which is what I pay for a typical box of wine. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. <laughs> Sounds fancy. Still laughing. This is a black box. That's like the best, the best one. <laughs> Can we see it? I showed you already when I filled it. Remember, I made you wait and like uh, watch me. I literally made you do that ten minutes ago. <laughs> you can is see it my delicious. Glass. It's um yeah, it's excellent. She pays more for her wine glasses than she pays for her wine. That's really scary. <laughs> I found a great wine and a great place to buy that wine. It's like $10 cheaper a box than everywhere else. I'm not going to continue with this line of argument because I'm not going to sound classy at the end of it, no matter what I say. So Why do we have to be classy? <laughs> okay. In which case, it's excellent. You do you, Alex Lane. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and I will. Yeah. You know how much boxed wine I can buy for seven fifty? That's like the, that's less than like one extra large cider at the bar. It's amazing. I can get drunk for like two, three hours. <laughs> Some people measure their life out in coffee spoons. Alex Lane measures her life out in hours drunk. It's a good gauge. Yep. Pass that along for your team. I do think that I'm among good company for making such statements, though, ladies. <laughs> you probably are. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking over at the little recycling bin in my office where I podcast, and it's full of cider bottles. <laughs> yeah. So when you point a finger at somebody else, Alicia, three more point back at you. Oh, listen. Think about it. Think about it. Here, let me let me play this for you. That's the sound of me clinking my beers together. My beers sound that I'm drinking. That's a great sound. Well, go next. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Coney Island hard ginger ale. Ooh. I, I today I went uh, I went to the store and I got one of the the make your own six packs because I wanted to sample some things. You know I love the root beer. Now they're putting out all the the friendly booze beverages. So I was like I'm gonna try this ginger ale. It is delicious. Yeah, I love the Not Your Father's Ginger Ale. Yeah, this... I love I, it. I think that the Coney Island root beer is better. I would guess that this is probably better, too. I, I like the... I, I agree on the first point, but the second... I, like, the ginger strength in the Not Your Father's, like, burns your mouth. Oh, see, I, I don't want that. It. I want oh. smooth. I want to be able to drink, like, eight of these before I realize I feel that like I just eight of them. a ginger thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Um, I don't want to fight with my booze. So. 
But and you're see, not drinking correctly. But again, you do you. <laughs> so that's the reason right. I don't like the Not Your Father's root beer is because I find the spice in it too strong. Yep. See, and I really like like a regular root beer that's that's really strong and robust and you can taste all the different flavors. But to me, when you do that in a hard root beer, it makes the alcohol really stand out and I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. here for that. That's fair. The other beverage in my hand, um, this is a step up in quality, is the Kentucky Honey Barrel Brown Ale. And uh, it's good as hell also. That sounds yummy. Yes, because it's, you know, remember the Kentucky bourbon, whatever it was we drank at Scotty's Sam? Mm -hmm. This is the same, the same people. Um, yes, Honey Barrel Brown Ale. Ale brewed with Kentucky honey and ginger. That sounds pretty good. It is really good. They go well together. Hi there. Mm -hmm. mm. Sounds yummy. Alright. Ashley, what you drinking, darling? I'm drinking Ravenswood Cabernet. A bottle? She's drinking out of the bottles. Reputation <laughs> <Yeah>. restored. <laughs> <laughs> nice, A.V. Thanks. Nice. Super classy. Nice. Keep it classy, ladies. Keep it we're classy. Just, we're just ratcheting this wait, up. Wait, we got wait, Why do we have to be classy? We're destabilizing what it means to be classy. Also, to be fair, Sam, you've trained all of us. So. <laughs> no, I came I'm like this. Trained. I came this way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a, yes we did. Great, great, great point. <laughs> I am untrained. Yeah, I came out of the box this way. I'm sorry. The wine box. The wine box. <laughs> I came out of the womb this way. Oops. Oops. Made in vagina right here. <laughs> what is oh, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, she, calls it, she calls it fucked into being. Yeah, fucked into being. That's their, our new term for This is uh, the creation. worst best podcast we have ever made. <laughs> I mean, consider what was the last one? We actually named it. Sometimes we study vaginas, and we've somehow topped that already, and it's been like 15 minutes. The name of this one should be Fucked Into Being. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think they'll let us put that on iTunes. Yeah. It might get a lot of hits, though. It probably I mean, would. If you think about it, Fucked Into Being does fit very well with our topic of the evening, and which I we are never going to get to. I will bring that phrase back later. Yes, you will. Uh, which we will never get to if we don't figure out what Bianca's drinking. I'm drinking whiskey, and I am drinking a torpedo. Oh, oh, oh dear. Hey, what kind of whiskey are you drinking, darling? Bianca's my sister. My other um, sister. Sorry, A.V. It's, nah, just, it's okay. four roses. So Ooh. there was a little four left roses. over, and since I burned my fingers today, I figured you gotta gotta get some whiskey down. Um, hey B, what's up? Don't set yourself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. I yeah. feel like "burned your fingers" should be a cool euphemism we use. Like, like when Alicia sets Twitter on fire, she'd be like, "I burned my fingers today." I'm pretty sure that if you're talking about "burned my fingers" as a euphemism, that's lesbian sex. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it became full circle. <laughs> Which I fully support. <laughs> oh, all right. 
Can I say again how glad I am that I was in the school student newspaper for not long game this week? <laughs> really good week for that. <laughs> Welcome. I feel cool on that one. You should go to grad school and turn out like us. <laughs> Welcome to all, all right. our new listeners. Alrighty. Well, I guess it's my I turn. Can't, I can't be contained. I am drinking one of my all-time favorite um, it from me. ciders. You, I did not steal mm, it from you. You better me. not say it. I had Vandermeer tonight, so... A Vandermeer totally roasted cider. You stole well, it from me. Listen, okay, hang on. I'm going to lodge an official fucking protest. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we are in Indiana, except for Alex, who's up in Minnesota with her students all listening. And Vandermills is not native to us. No, it's not. Where is the fucking Vandermills pipeline, and why am I not in on this shit? Because y'all always have it. Where is my Vandermills? Who is I the told sport? you the pint has it on tap, the blue gold, which is my favorite. I love Totally Roasted, but I personally like the blue gold. Somebody is funneling to y'all. <laughs> the universe just loves me. <laughs> I'm angry. Drinking my always angry. Now you're finally drinking a, a little blue police box shows up on my front lawn every now and then. <laughs> and this weird guy in a bow tie gets out and gives me like a four pack. The bow tie one. I like the bow tie doctor. I like Come my doctor. <laughs> Silence fell over the crowd. I know. <sighs> Don't doctor who shame me. I'm, I'm no shaming. Bow tie's good too. Bow tie's good too. But not okay, as good as the other one. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's your favorite? Mine? Yes. David Tennant. Mm, okay. Fish fingers. <laughs> Which only makes sense if you have seen Doctor Who. Yeah, oh. otherwise it sounds real weird in the context yeah, of this podcast. Nothing we've talked about sounds worse tonight. <laughs> Once again, we'd like to welcome Alex <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Video games. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some bitch games. Let's talk about some bitch games. Bitcha, bitcha. Games. One video game in particular tonight, my friends. Mm-hmm. Let me give you the rundown. We are going to be discussing Who's Your Daddy, a game that is currently on Steam. It's in a Steam Greenlight, right? It's not like a yeah, it's full early release. access. Yeah, yeah, early access. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a game that was kickstarted by a fella named Joe Williams. Oh, it was made by a guy. That's surprising. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, I thought it was Alex. But surprising. Imagine my surprise. I mean, who's your daddy? Let's think about that. We Ooh. will think about that. But first, let me explain the game. So it's a multiplayer game. Uh, one person takes on the role of a baby, a creepy, goggle-eyed, freakazoid Baby scuttling lump. across the floor like some kind of weird insectoid alien, uh, yep. or like the the Resident Evil two things that skitter across the floor. <laughs> <and jump down. laughs> Much like that, 
was the first time I ever, oh, I mean, the first time I ever almost peed my pants because I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was almost, it was almost there. I'm I was glad like, you added that. I was one. like seven. Which okay. is it? Once again, welcome to the students who are listening to the podcast for the first time. <laughs> I think we're beyond this now. Alex, can we make that the title tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I said almost. Pants, peer, pants, peer. Hang on. We have serious work to do. We have serious it's work okay. to do. It's okay. Sam tried right. to make me pee my pants. That, that feels like <clears throat> something you should take up with HR. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should. There's a chain of command for such things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Quite that. All right, so Ooh. the other player takes on the role of the father. The daddy. Where it gets interesting. Yes, the titular daddy. <laughs> daddy. Daddy. Oh, uh, daddy. Here's Don't the game. Don't do that. Shush. Mm. I'm talking. <laughs> we don't like it. Y'all need to respect your fucking elders. <laughs> Who is my elder? Me. Anyway. <laughs> the daddy is tasked <laughs> with keeping the baby alive until mom gets home. Because the baby is suicidal. Bianca, <laughs> I see you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I made Ashley snort. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> uh oh. Mark it 8.58 p.m. when the podcast officially went downhill. So the baby is suicidal, apparently, or is just a crazy baby, because, you know, that's how all babies are. They just want to die all the time. Um, it's really hard out there for a baby. So the baby will drink bleach, mm -hmm. cut itself, mm -hmm. climb into the oven, drown itself in the bathtub, drown itself in the bathtub, eat batteries. Spoiler alert. Eat batteries. Unless shove a fork in the... And the what's the electric socket? <laughs> All these things and more that we have not yet discovered, mm -hmm. unless Daddy saves the day, but only until Mom gets home. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not it's not a huge release. It's a small game, and far be it from me to shit upon the efforts of one man. <laughs> shit. However, since when can we not do that? Oh, that's the however. However, mm -hmm. there are some mixed feelings about this. Amongst the crew, but since I'm the one doing the intro, I'm gonna tell you that I think this shit is hot garbage all the way from top to bottom. And explain to us yeah. why you think it's hot garbage. I'm gonna turn that over to Bianca. <laughs> oh. I'm let Bianca start because Bianca wrote about the game. But Bianca and I had a very long discussion about it. Yeah. Well, okay. Where to begin? Okay. A couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> the list is so long. One of them, so, you know, I've been like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is like funny, you know, it's, your, it's like the game equivalent of a dead baby joke, which I don't think those jokes are particularly those aren't funny. funny. Yeah. Sometimes they're funny. <laughs> it depends on the context. It depends on the context. Okay. okay. I mean, but my know. problem, my problem is with the way that this sort of assumption of humor relies on the way that we assume parent roles are sort of typically going to go, um, where the dad is 
just taking care of the baby until mom gets home. And the he's babysitting. And then he's, he's got to go back to the fucking... Yeah, it's, it's framed yeah. that way in the game. He's babysitting. And then it's, yes. it's back to the man cave. Yeah. So fatherhood is framed as this sort of temporary state that he only has to do when mom's not around. When mom's not around, she's the default baby, you know, taker, carer of. Um, and so that sort of just, like, perpetuates for me this idea that motherhood is this sort of natural role Mom is the natural caretaker. Dad just has to do it when he's, like, absolutely forced to. And so it's funny for dads to be bad dads. Um, yes. It's funny. We can laugh at this idea of a baby trying to kill itself when it's framed as, oh, the incompetent father, just goofy dad, just messing things up again. If this game yeah. were changed, if this were a mom, if it was who's your mommy, and the mom was running around <laughs> after the baby, trying to take care of it, make sure it doesn't eat batteries, we would not be laughing. We would be saying, oh, this mom, who we expect to be able to naturally just be a good mother and take care of a baby, oh, she can't do her job, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's not funny to us. And that's why I think we see that trope of the monstrous mother in horror so exactly. much more than we would see it in something that's supposed to be humorous. Another thing I have a problem with is the dildo. Can we just like can we just respond to that because yes, that was and then dropping. we can talk about the dildo after that. So dropping yes. a fucking mic knowledge bomb. Yeah. Like that was incredible. That was all I wanted to respond to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. just like blew my mind. Because it's also, so little. It's it. it seems like such a little thing in a game like this. We just you are take so it for granted. On. We just but take in it games in general. I mean, yeah. I, you are you are spot on. Is that women are supposed to have this natural proclivity mm -hmm. for caretaking, for nurturing, yeah. for keeping children safe? Yes. And once you are outside of that role. Or once you fail at that role, mm -hmm. you don't become the incompetent mother. Mm -hmm. You don't become the hilarious, goofy mother. Mm -hmm. But you become some kind of abomination. Mm -hmm. And yes. that is yeah. what we see over and over again mm -hmm. in all kinds of games. In all kinds, of, and only well in all games. And when I'm talking about games here, the games I'm talking about are horror games because yeah. that is the only place you see monstrous mothers. Yeah. That is the only place where you see mothers who are not good at nurturing, who don't care for children, who harm children is in horror, right? Yeah. Because they time. are a horror. Mm -hmm. I think and about like the YouTube videos of like the dad with the dad hacks, you know, like putting the kid in on top of a you know, a, a whatever the car that goes with the remote control or whatever. Like, <laughs> and then he's like carrying a beer behind him in a sack. Like like if women were doing that, they would be completely destroyed by the internet, right? Yeah. And so there's always this natural assumption. And, and like this week, the CDC said, yeah, exactly. The CDC came out this week and said that women who ever want to get pregnant or are thinking about getting pregnant or have come near semen in their life should not have a drink of alcohol, right? Like, like yeah, no, yeah. they didn't say, dude. Make sure you wear like double condoms just in case you're woman. Yeah, because we're in this perpetual state of motherhood, pre-motherhood, post-motherhood, and there's no. these. Oh! Well, and it's the same thing with the Zika virus. It's yeah. not. It's not. Dudes stop having sex. It's women stop having babies. AKA, women should be in areas where skin. even miscarriage might be investigated as a criminal act. Right. Yeah. That's right. right. I mean, 
and and it's 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 Arizona all all over again, right? It is always already pregnant. Yeah. Right? You are always already pregnant unless you are on birth control because of course birth control is one hundred percent effective. So you are always already. <laughs> I have two kids. So birth control is just a bunch of tiny abortions over and over. You will that too. But you are always already pregnant if you are not on birth control. And mm -hmm. as such, you should not be drinking because pregnant women should not be drinking. Now, this goes Listen. against everything that modern fetal alcohol syndrome research tells us in terms of how much alcohol is necessary to harm a fetus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Listen, yeah. ladies. isn't doing anything. Hang to, on. Yes, go on. We've forgotten the really essential point here. Okay, right. let me break it down for you. I interrupted. <laughs> we don't count. <laughs> <laughs> We're just walking incubators. Right. It's yeah. really, look, we can't interrupt the dudes doing dude things. Dudes boys will be boys. Right, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. And we just have to find some way to make it so that we can fulfill our higher purposes. Which is giving ba birth to babies. And making sure they don't need batteries. Higher yeah. purpose as in only purpose. Right, that's what we created for. So I do want to say, on a, on a serious note, we see the opposite of this in games, too, in literature and everything. This, honestly, is the central premise of The Last of Us. That's, of I was just thinking that. Yes. yes. It's, oh, here's these gruff guys who are not in touch with their emotions, and they have to learn to care for another small human. Right. Against his will. Yes, like, isn't it interesting, oh, this journey they go through, this emotional awakening, and how they learn to care for this child. But Female not, child, by the way, not, not a male child. Though. It's not different. It's the same thing. That's what just I'm saying. It, just, it, right. com it comes from the same place. Yes, yes. it's coming at it from, a, from just from a different angle. It's like, look at how unnatural this is, not unnatural in a monstrous way, but look at how unnatural this is in terms of we have this... This this man who must learn to be nurturing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that doesn't come naturally. Mm -hmm. And we see we see what happens in games when it's the the same narrative but with moms. It's among the sleep. Right. Yes. It's oh, that. that's terrifying. I've been trying to play that. I can't <laughs> play, play that shit. Oh my god. It's that. So we know what the different narratives look like when they are put in differently gendered bodies and the way certain gendered roles become naturalized. And I am so over this idea of the incompetent, what do I do, dad? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I, I'm lucky and I have a partner who is a wonderful father mm -hmm. who gave the kids baths tonight. Who changes most of the diapers? Not because I have to force him, but because he understands that he fucked them kids into being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do. I told you to come back. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and that makes it equal. It's a partnership. Yeah. Okay. I, it's not like a temporary, you're going to babysit for a while while I actually go out to the store. But relationships, even modern day, aren't looked at that, looked at that way. It's, it's a partnership in that. The man's supposed to do this, and the woman's supposed to do that. Like, the woman stays home, takes care of the baby, and does this, and the man goes home and makes the bread. Like, it's not the 1950s, but it's still represented that way. And so well, and, like, it still impacts our discourse. I remember I, I read this post today, and it was, like, from this guy, and he, it was about why we need feminism. And it was talking about because, um, and, of course, it was from, like, the male perspective, but whatever. So uh, it was, like, I'm never going to, I like, I want men's rights 
and I would, you know, be an MRA, except true men's rights is achieved through feminism because feminism is breaking down this dichotomy of gender roles that dictate my life and dictate women's life, but the difference is that the gender norms that dictate my life, people don't criticize and point at and whatever, whereas, like, if I'm wearing something out of the gender norm, I might not get raped or attacked or whatever, this or that, well, you know. I don't know if that's if that's necessarily if I have I'm to. probably misrepresenting it, but I, no, I, I was I, turning I it back to Terry. But I think if we if we look at men who decide they want to wear makeup or dresses, mm-hmm. there's certainly potential for violent reaction there. That is very we true. see it all the time. That is very but true. it's less common than women stepping outside of prescribed traditional gender roles. Yep. And so there's much more of that reaction when a woman's like I'm going to work, which is still somehow radical. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to be more educated than my husband. I'm going to wear what I want. I'm going to go out to the bar instead of staying home with my baby. I'm going to not have a baby. I'm going to, you know, All of those things along the way are all criticized by society. The fact that I say still that I'm lucky that my husband functions as a general human being in the house, who does dishes <laughs> and changes diapers, is telling. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Well, and the response, every every response to I don't want to have a baby or I'm not going to have a baby is what? You'll change your mind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As in, I don't know myself. Oh, just my wait. Body. Yeah. Oh, just wait. <laughs> You'll change you don't want to have babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do with your life? As though you cannot do anything else ever. I know. Because we're just, just incubators, guys. We don't count. Yeah. I'm really depressed now. Guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My life has been wasted. I haven't popped out a single human baby. What you a Alex, what are you doing with your life? Come on now, get it together. Apparently monster. I, I just want to know <laughs> non-human baby popped out as she hasn't popped out one single human baby. <laughs> I have plenty of babies. And I pop plenty of things out, so... Yeah. <laughs> Pippin, she means penises. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What, so let's go back to Bianca for a second. Speaking yes. of penises, what about the dildo, what? Bianca? Okay. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, <laughs> thinking about penises and Bianca. Let's talk about dildos. You're like, okay. yes, dildos. Yes. I've been thinking about this a lot. So. There's a dildo in the game, right? It's in the nightstand. You open up the nightstand, and whether you're playing through the dad or the baby, the, it's called a strange rubber object. Mm. And this word strange, like, I am having a lot of problems. I am having a lot of problems with that. Um, we have a lot of feelings about this game. What it does is it frames female sexuality and sexuality not oriented to a man's penis or to like having a child or procreating, but female pleasure simply for one's female pleasure, right, as strange. Like, how strange is it's it? It's abnormal. Right? It is yeah. abnormal. It's weird. It's like How dare not, you take it upon yourself right? to get off without a man, a real yes. penis? Well, <laughs> exactly. But here's the thing, and, and you make a very good point, Bianca, and, and there, will, there will be people who argue, well, that's because it's a strange 
a strange rubber object to a baby. Mm -hmm. Well, all of these things that this kid is like killing himself with strange. are strange because they don't, I mean, really, like, yeah. it's like a bottle of bleach and then there's like this bottle right. of blue. The baby water. totally can identify the bleach. The exactly. baby's trying to kill itself. That is strange. <laughs> Why do we have to specifically hide I want to know what else is going on in this house that this baby's like, I have to end it right the fuck now. But it's also not just the baby who sees it. Who sees it referred to as strange? Yeah. The right. Dad, yeah. The dad sees it with that title as well. And if a man sees his wife's pleasure as strange, that's fucked up. And that is the patriarchal complex right there, motherfuckers. <laughs> Mic drop. Damn it. You better check your floor for like scratches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course people would be like, oh, I mean, it's supposed to be a joke, right? Like, you're making a big deal out of nothing. It's not fucking nothing. Because yeah. if we were thinking about men's sexualities and men's sexual pleasure, we wouldn't see it referred to as strange, mm -hmm. you know? Just as we wouldn't see a, you know, a father referred to as a monster in this sort of setting, in this mm -hmm. sort of narrative. And so the fact that, again... This is this is these these perpetuated narratives are just reifying the yeah. way that we think of female sexuality, the way that we think of women's bodies as fucking incubators. Like, and that is a problem. And when it's showing up in small situations, you know, small situations like a game, like an early access game, that's not it's not the only place it's happening. It's fucking right. everywhere, and it's that and pattern that's a problem. At at every point in this, I understand that on the Kickstarter page in the narrative, he's like, "This kind of started as a joke." Okay, <clears throat> fine, but let's take that out of the equation. Yes. At every stage, other decisions could have been made. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to be a father and a baby. Mm -hmm. Could have been anything. Could have been your giant dog, Alex, trying to kill itself. <laughs> totally, you know, it's different. Changes the narrative. It's actually kind of sad now. Rubber object. Hello. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a father just trying to keep the kid alive until mom gets home and saves him. Right. Those were I'm, all choices. Yeah. I mean, and they are all choices that perpetuate... Mm -hmm. A rhetoric of not only the normalcy mm -hmm. of female nurturing female mother mm -hmm. um, or female mothering, but also it perpetuates this conservative Judeo-Christian, yeah. not just Judeo-Christian, but conservative religious viewpoint of sex for a mother in particular or a woman in particular, being solely for the purpose of procreation. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, you, I, are only to, you are only fucking to fuck into being. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the show title. Um, so yeah. I, I was talking about this with my class this week, and we were talking about why um, it matters when video games portray things as peripheral, and so we were talking about that, like, well, you know, you in, in whatever game you have to buy a mortgage, you know, and that's really telling about how we see culture. And, and so I was trying to get them to the point where, which is exactly what we're talking about, which is like, it, what's seen as normal, and thus in this game, sort of like normal so it's funny to, you know, portray it as such, is the, is the most telling cultural artifact of our culture. 
So the fact that this is one guy or two guys or whatever making this little game that people are like, oh, it's just supposed to be funny, like that to me is more telling about our culture than some big triple-A blockbuster yeah. game. Yeah. Because this yeah. is what people see as normal. It perpetuates what people see as normal. And that's why and they, that's why like the idea is like, oh, it's just supposed to be funny. It's just this little game. Let it go. But like this is where our culture reveals itself. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you have a 400-person team and you have lawyers and you have this and you have that, you might catch some of this, right? Mm -hmm. But this is where it really, our culture is exposed for its truly sometimes horrific beliefs and yeah. sexism and racism. Yeah, it's and the fact that like it's just as as far as this game goes, it's just accepted. Nobody's critiquing the game no. for this. They're critiquing it for the like shitty mechanics or whatever because it's oh. early access and fucking yeah, and, shitty. Yeah, and that is an, an important thing to talk yeah. about. The game is not really it's, it's clunky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's clunky, and, and that's fair. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. It's, it's early access. You you right. agree when you purchase this right. game to um, basically not be pissed off, <laughs> right, that the mechanics are clunky, right. uh, that the graphics may not be up to par, that the baby skitter, skitters across the room like a little insectoid alien, right? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I said that because I thought it was funny, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you you do understand this game is a game in progress, right? And the games right. go into early access release so that right. the developers can get more money to complete the game. And I mean, right. it, it does work. You can play it. Yes. Yeah. And and that's fine because right. that's not what we're critiquing, no. right? No. It's it's not the shitty mechanics. Is not the weird, you know, the <laughs> the weird kind of vacant, blank look on the baby's face, which, you know, which is the only amusing thing, because you looked at it, I'm like, oh my god, that looks like some kind of little weird insectoid thing <laughs> skittering across the floor. Yeah, right. We're not even close to the uncanny valley on this one, we're like on the mountain, yeah. and the valley's over there, and we can kind of see it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, and that's fine, because that's what a game yeah. in early access can be, right. right? And we accept that as such. But what we're talking about is the the kind of philosophical, social premise behind the game itself. Yeah. Something that is not going to change as the game goes on because this mm -hmm. is the basis mm -hmm. of yeah. the game itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's ideological. It's mm -hmm. not mechanical, you mm -hmm. know. And those kinds of principles are much more embedded. Um, and this stuff doesn't change. Mm -hmm. when we write it off and say, well, it was just meant to be funny, and so we should just ignore it, because we're just making mountains out of molehills, guys. Right. The yeah. only way that we can... We probably all have our periods. <laughs> right. Just we're, PMS. we're just really emotional. Oh, my God. Um, I wonder what all these guys who define games would have to say about this. Um, <laughs> the only way we can get this done is to continue talking about it and to say, look, I understand you didn't intend this, you didn't think about it, it's funny, ha ha ha, but I'm tired of the incompetent father. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this idea that mothers have to be natural caregivers and fathers get to go hang out in their man caves. One of the things, one of the small things in the game is that you, you can do chores, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And if you start a chore and you put away, what, like four toys, 
Then you get an achievement. You're the mm -hmm. bat dad because you picked up four things off the floor and carried them three feet across the room and put them in a box. Holy shit, you got an actual medal for, for picking, picking up a few toys. things up off yeah. the floor. But the problem My is... fucking medal for cleaning shit off the walls. And if it were a mom, would we call them chores? You know, no. I feel like no. chores is something. We might call them chores, but you wouldn't get a fucking medal for it. Yeah. That's a mother's responsibility. That's right. not a chore. Mm -hmm. no. Because chores expected. are something that get assigned to you right. because they're getting distributed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cleaning, if you're a mother, is a responsibility. Because to not clean makes you a horrible mother. I didn't makes get you a mother. monstrous mother. I'm a monstrous mother. Pippin's okay. <laughs> and I, I think that's I think that's that's part of the the interesting thing is is all the ways that this portrayal of uh, goofy uh, incompetent father who if he keeps the kid alive until four o'clock is to be rewarded is not probably only, with a blowjob. It's yeah. not. Oh my God! Not only, right out of my mouth. <laughs> it's not only a treatise to uh, fathers as optional caregivers, but it also foils the the role of the mother. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, there's so many problems here, and there's so much. If if you want to do this right, it's like you think about what the possibilities were, right? What are the possibilities in this in this in this case, right? How could this have been? Think about that for a second. How could this have been better? How might this have been different? I, I really like this idea of one person going around and trying to make a place safe, and the other person trying like hell to destroy everything. I think that's a really great base idea for a game, um, because I've experienced it in this way. It's really hard for me to to, to find another way to lay that narrative out. Mm -hmm. uh, but even just two kids, like one kid who's more responsible and the other kid who's like, you know, um, totally hyperactive and wild. Two puppies, you know, anything. Something that equalizes it, that gets away from this narrative, that actually continues to play the situation for humor Yes. without bringing mm -hmm. all this What time. about drunk parent, sober parent? Because that shit goes down <laughs> in my house all the time. <laughs> that shit and then they can either. switch off the gender roles. Uh, that shit ain't funny either. Uh, or even, okay, right. Or so, or even, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a scenario, right? You have um, older sibling, younger sibling, like a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, yeah. If, you know, if, if all your, you know, if the playroom is clean by the time I come back, you guys can have ice cream. So you got the five-year-old who's running around like holy hell trying to pick up all the toys and put them away, and the two-year-old who's pulling all the shit back out and throwing it in the middle of the floor. Listen, as the parent of a seven-year-old, almost an eight-year-old, you guys, oh my god, and a two-year-old, that fucking struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> that shit goes down in my house on the weekly. <laughs> He gets so upset. She's just taking everything back out. <laughs> I mean, but so there are, there are all kinds of possibilities that are actually humorous and and are not or are possibly not as loaded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just what reframing reframing that maybe even outside of the home space because even framing it in that way can often rely on on heteronormative values right. and um, certain certain 
modes of privileging, you know. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like... Well, what if it's, you have like a, you're in a, a store and you have a disgruntled staff member <laughs> and a responsible staff member. There's, there's there tons go. of ways to build this there dynamic. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It so, didn't have to be this way. So we're going to email this guy and be like, we really like your effort. We've totally changed <laughs> the game because we're angry feminists. I hope you're cool with that. And here's um, what we did it to me. There is a thing that I want to raise, though, that I think is actually kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about it in the framing of the game. Did you notice that uh, if the dad loses, the message is not, oh, your baby died. Mm -hmm. It's, your baby has left to find a better father. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, I think... Is maybe the best part of the game in terms of what we're talking about. The baby's like, fuck this, peace out. Yo ass incompetent. Can't change a diaper. Look at how I look. I'm a crazy little blob creature. I drank bleach. Think about how much cool autonomy is given to that baby. Be like, you are terrible at your job. <laughs> okay, can I just say, okay, so I, when I was playing the game, I think the first, when I, I played it, I played it two different, in two different play sessions. Because the first time I played it, like the first three games that I got paired with someone, I was the father. So I'm running around and I'm trying to save this baby. Um, and apparently I'm very bad at the game. Well, mechanically, the game is a little difficult, um, because it doesn't a handle lot. extremely well. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, early access game, you really can't blame it. But the fourth time, it put me in the role of the baby, and it kind of jarred me. Right when it's like the game spawned and you're in a crib, and I'm like, holy shit! And yeah. you literally have to jump out of the crib. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, see, I'm already trying to kill myself. But the thing is, is that I found it really difficult. In fact, I immediately lost. I could not force myself to do harm to myself as the baby. I drank bleach. I, I tried drank to kill myself, and I just yeah. couldn't. I tried to cut myself with a knife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't. I went no, all. No, the mechanics wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, blame, blame the game. <laughs> the game. Yeah, no, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Mm. That baby is so fucking creepster looking and not at all baby like that. I, I, I have no buy-in. Mm. I, I mean, I can get that in terms of the creepster looking baby, but there was just I just couldn't. Yeah, it was not a baby to me. It was a blob, and I had a mission, and that mission was that fucking bottle of bleach under the mm -hmm. counter. My <laughs> mission was to die. Which, considering the workload I have this week, I couldn't really get behind that, I think. Oh, <laughs> Grad school, man, grad school. Yeah. Don't no. go to grad school, guys. It's really bad no. for your health. No, it's not. Go to grad school. No, it's bad for you. It's not. Especially if you're a woman. It's not mm -hmm. bad for you as long as you don't spend all your time drinking. Oh. I forgot about my alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I never have that problem. <laughs> um, 
But I, I do think that that is interesting that you couldn't bring yourself to mm-hmm. harm the baby, that mm-hmm. the baby will piece the fuck out if the father loses. Like, there are some aspects of this game that would lend themselves really well to a more serious take on the narrative, but then no one would want to play it, so, like, what would be the fucking point? I don't know. I just, man, this shit is turtles but, all the way down. I don't know. I feel like the narrative is still really strong in today's society, just like Alex was saying, as far as talking to our students about the cultural implications of, of what yeah. games represent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I know many friends who are stay-at-home moms, and their husbands are totally incompetent. Just completely incompetent. I don't know if they're acting that way. I don't know if it's just like, you know, because... Self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. You push a baby out of your vagina, you're supposed to naturally know how to nurture something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If someone hands me a baby that came out of me, I'm still going to be like, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) And you you asked a question. You asked a good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and Alicia gave an answer that I think we need to explore for a moment. You said, you know, their husbands are totally incompetent, and I don't know why. I know why, because they let that shit happen. Yep. Because, I mean, and it's, it's not just men. It's women, too. Well, well, let me finish. It's not just men, even though I think men are more prone to it. I'm sorry, guys. But um, if, if it's like something that someone once told me. She said, well, I had brothers when I was growing up. I was the only girl, and my mother always said we had to do the dishes. So we had to take turns doing the dishes. She said, and every time the boys had to do the dishes, they did a really shitty job, left the dishes dirty, dropped them or broke them, um, Dropped them and broke them, or all this other, all these different things, so that um, what would happen then is the mother would say, "You know what? I don't want you doing the dishes anymore because I don't, you know, I don't want all my dishes destroyed." And it's the same kind of thing. If you, if the guys are like, "I'm going to be totally incompetent and I'm not going to take good care of the baby, and the baby's going to sit in a dirty diaper all day, and then it's going to have diaper the, rash." You take the baby away from the person who sucks at taking care of the baby. Mm-hmm. It's natural. Yeah. Like if if when when my children were babies, if I handed them somebody who looked very very uncomfortable, I'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, I'll just take that back. <laughs> that would um, be me. <laughs> but but you're right in saying it's it's not just the minute. It's it's that whole cultural thing. It's exactly what Alex was saying. Like, yeah, it is a reflection of every aspect, and it's up to each one of us mm-hmm. to work to change that. Listen, this is maybe because I'm an angry feminist. Um. Uh, but when Terry and I started dating, you know, I already had a child. Uh, we sat down one day and I said, listen, you need to understand that you are not just dating me. You are dating me and my son. If you want to come into this family, it is as a member of this family. Mm-hmm. That's it. But that expectation was set from the beginning and I wouldn't have tolerated anything less. Yeah? Yeah. I wouldn't choose a man. Or a woman, or anybody else who was like, I don't know, I can't do the dishes, cause fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. You do that shit. Mm-hmm. I'll do other things. I'll cook. No, yeah. but it's hard. It's hard to shake up a whole cultural narrative. It is, and that's why everybody gets so mad at us, cause oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it must be natural, right? Cause everybody does it, so it's natural. Mm-hmm. Well, that's is the easiest way to think of it. Right? Yeah. Changing yeah. shit is hard. People don't want to do it. Mm-mm. Especially if it means they got to do the fucking dishes. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do the dishes. 
I don't want to do the fucking dishes. Fuck and Ricky I'm, did the dishes tonight. Oh. Uh, That's why you did Ricky. Oh. <laughs> you said it earlier. I didn't say that it was today. Yes. Oh, okay. I just said that in general. The job title. If you would. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I don't know. We're I still heteronormative when we're talking about being not heteronormative. I know. <laughs> Go ahead, but I think, and I don't know. I think it's also interesting when we start looking at the whole term about looking for a partner in life. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily naming it, you know, um, a gender role. But saying this is my partner. Like, this is someone that I do things with. Like, we both do the dishes. We both take care of the kids. We both clean the litter box. We We're both, both responsible this. for both, our, our lives. Exactly. And and thinking about like that. And I think that so much of society is still stuck in this whole women do this and men do that. Just like mm -hmm. we've been saying. Mm -hmm. And that's why we keep getting these games. Mm -hmm. It's all so. part of the same problematic mm -hmm. web. And it's hard to create change because in order to create change in the greatest of you have to create change within yourself. You have to critically engage with your values and where those values came from and determine if those are actually your values or not. And mm -hmm. the elephant in the room is that many of those uh, are treated as normal within religious frameworks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As natural within religious frameworks. And it's really difficult for people to question those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for people who are religious to question those, I question the shit out of it. I mean, even well, it's, as it's someone not, who identifies, it's not for people who are religious to question it. It's I, not. I, I I disagree with that. I okay. think that it is difficult for people who are conservative of to the point of being unmalleable. Uh, but I think that comes a lot from indoctrination and how much mm -hmm. you've been indoctrinated and how. And how much you've been exposed to something different. I mean, I can say that for myself. Even as someone who would say that I would identify as someone who's religious, I've even come to a place where I'm challenging gender roles that I've been indoctrinated with. Well, how, I don't know. I, I see. I, I disagree with that too because I, I mean that might be yes your personal experience, but mm -hmm. I mean when you talk about indoctrination, that was about as indoctrinated as you could possibly get, um, and it hasn't been difficult for me. Now, that being said, it has never been difficult for me to question or accept, but it has been difficult for me to act upon. Right? I mean, I'm 46 years old, I'm a lesbian, have been and have known that I was gay probably since I was 16 years old. No, I was younger than that. Um, but at a young age, in my very early 20s, I still married a man because I thought that that was what I was supposed to do, even though I knew that was not my sexual orientation. Mm. So it, it didn't give me, it didn't take away my ability to question and it didn't take my, away my ability to identify, but a feeling of expectation. Expectations, expectations, that's yeah. a good way to put it, did cause me to act in one way or over another. I think what I was trying to say is similar to what you're saying. It's just a matter of rewording it a bit. 
like mm-hmm. this idea of being able to question something and then act upon it because you can question something internally but still act the way you're expected to by society mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where I think turmoil comes in because you're not in alignment with what your internal value system is mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I agree with that yeah oh. the world's fucked up yeah <laughs> pretty much let's, let's roll with that talk about Gummy bears and pippins and wine. Gummy bears. And beer and whiskey and good friends and and mm. eggplants and tacos. <laughs> Tachos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I love me some tacos. What, what, what was it? The burn fingers. Ugh, they hurt so bad right now. Put <laughs> <laughs> so you with your cloth. Okay. Put some butter on them. <laughs> Don't put butter on them. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to Ashley. Put more aloe. Take. Did you take some Tylenol or something? Butter. Ibuprofen. I did. Yeah, and keep and keep them iced. They'll feel better tomorrow. Let Bianca be. I hope our readers are or listeners are readers are listeners are enjoying. Listeners and readers. If you have medical questions, you can ask Not Your Mama's Gamer. You know, a couple of us are doctors. We are not medical doctors, but some of us are moms. I am a specialist in appendectomies. Because you've had all of one. I mean, how many do you need to be a specialist? I would think more than one. I don't I have more than one appendix. Out. Listen, you I don't know where that is. I know where the appendix is. No, you don't. I don't it's trust the you. Bottom of you are not coming at me with a scalpel, okay? Listen, no. I'm with a steak knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well. So, now that we've disrupted stuff. But that's what talking about this kind of shit does. I, I like to hope, at least, or else I... My role in life is for naught, but talking about it is important because, you know, it can... This is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. It is. Let me ask you a question, and B, I'm sorry to keep you because I know you're in pain. You're not Um, keeping it. It's all good. But I'm going to make you angry, so you'll feel better. Um, Yay, my angry hobbit. we We got a comment that we didn't approve on your piece that you wrote on this because um, mm. we don't post your bullshit that you send in. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to us, you're probably not that person. Mm-hmm. But if you have friends who send in bullshit, we don't, we don't care. Um, we reserve the right. After this podcast, after we write about it again, because I still have things to say, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we'll get more. Sure. Why is our discussion such a threat this guy's not going to change his game, and that's fine. He doesn't have to. Yeah. But we can talk about it. It's not the end of the world either way. No one is going to die because this guy made a game about suicidal babies and bad dads, and we made a <laughs> podcast about it. And yet, there will be some salty motherfucker mm-hmm. on our blog next mm-hmm. week going, I can't believe you guys. Mm-hmm. Such angry feminists. You all just need more day. Yeah. That yeah. why? Uh, that's a big question. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it's not one that we engage with that often. Well, because so, uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons for it. Yeah, 
And one is the fact that a lot of people don't understand the difference between criticism and critique. Right? They don't understand that to, and we've said this before, that to critique a thing, you have to A, know it extremely well, and B, you also have to, if you know something, especially like games extremely well, you've put a whole lot of fucking time I into play it. I've so many fucking games. I have been playing games for 40 fucking years. That's not someone who hates games. I am not going to spend 40 <laughs> years of my life doing something. Listen, that y'all, I, I can also vouch that Sam spends a whole lot of money on games. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think she's that masochistic. No. I, so I think that that's one of the reasons, right? And but, I, if you, but if you, even if you did hate games, why does anyone care? Like, why is that so threatening to people? I mean, it's territorial. Because we don't give voice. Yes, exactly. So that, like, lack of understanding about the difference between critique and, you know, hating on shit is is a problem, but it's a problem that stems from a deeper problem, too, yes. I feel like, which is who is allowed to critique, mm-hmm. right? Who is allowed to be critical? Whose critique is not threatening? Um, whose critique is valued? And when that critique... White dude. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah privileged. Look at every gaming site ever. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes out of the mouth or the fucking fingertips of a lady... Or, or any other marginalized person, then there is suddenly, oh, it's a threat. Oh, you suck. You're horrible. You're wrong. I don't want to listen to you. You're I'm, I'm going to threaten you your life. Yeah. So it comes from the fact that any voice that we express is already going to be. It's it's objectified, it's dehumanized, um, and it's viewed as subordinate because it's it's a threat to the status quo, to the dominant social order, um, and therefore any sort of dismantling of that has to be shut down by the powers that be, by those who are privileged by their their already status. And so, yeah, so. <laughs> Fuck everyone. Everything is the worst, basically. Burn it all down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, I mean, obviously, it's even more than that. Like, that's, that is the, like, barest bones even attempt at answering this question that I can manage at this point with my burned fingers and my whiskey. Um, you poor thing. But we ne- I mean, I think it's something that we need to keep hammering away at, yeah. right? And... Right speaking in the face of. Um, I mean, and I think your post this week on being nice was perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, do we? No. And you know what? Let me tell you a secret. I'm not fucking nice. I'm not. I'm not, I'm, not I'm, nice. I am not I'm nice. nice. I'm gonna, well, you can be nice. But it's let me okay say to this. be nice. I am not fucking. It is. It's okay for you to be nice. But yeah. That's you. I'm not fucking nice, and when I say I'm not nice, what I mean is I am not going to try to spare your feelings at the expense of my own voice or at the expense of my own feelings, mm-hmm. right? I am going to be honest. I am going mm-hmm. to be blunt. Love or hate me, that is what you get, mm-hmm. and I have every fucking right to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people have to understand that. Yes. Yeah. There is no ladylike and to hide what I truly feel or believe. Yeah. Because other people don't have to worry about doing that. Right. And by other people, I mean, you know, privileged white dudes, right? Like, yeah. they don't have to worry about other people's feelings. They can go up to women and tell them to smile and shit and do other worse things, right? But, but we have to be concerned about being nice. I'm not going to be nice. And then well, tell that's, you that's, a, that's, a part of, that's a part of that smile shit. Yep. Is be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Play nice. Mm-hmm. At least make me think you're nice because it appeases me. Fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm not here to appease you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the root of that. You're so pretty when you smile. Oh. I don't exist for your fucking boner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we not? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Everything is the worst. <laughs> Everything is horrible. I shall be quiet and wear all the nice pretty clothes and smile for you. <laughs> I like pretty clothes for me. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'm talking about a you visualization like you like. of what a woman's supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. all. What's not the worst is shit like this, right? Like communities that we can establish to like talk about this shit and try to work in productive activist ways to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and let me let me go back because I just told Alicia, "Good for you," and I meant that. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And and we should all be accepting of that. Mm-hmm. If there are women who want to smile and wear pretty clothes and are nice because that is what they actually are, good. You have every right to do that. that yeah, you, absolutely. You do you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to drink seven dollar boxed wine, if you want to wear makeup, do you boo? If you mm-hmm. want to have all the sex or none of the sex or sex with everybody or sex with nobody, great. If you want to work, if you want to stay home, if you want to raise babies, if you don't ever want to have babies, if you want to have dogs, if you want to have a big fluffy cat. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of feminism that a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Feminism doesn't mean all women are radical. Feminism is the radical fucking idea that women can be who they want to be. Yes. 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 Coming down to choice. Mm. Absolutely. And that's, men that's, that can do the whatever the fuck they want to do. And if you don't want to be either, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's about not having to fit to the one normalized narrative. Fuck norms. That's something that who's your daddy perpetuates, right? Bringing it back to the top. Exactly. And, you know, so you don't have to fit that, you know, that, that idea that we are intersectional fluid beings, right? Not just I moms. Mean, with we are made of a lot of water. <laughs> but we're not exactly fluid. We need to be like water. <laughs> All right. Whew. That's better. Yeah. I feel like I got a lot out of my system now. How's your hand? Swollen. Is it swollen or is it swole? (laughs) (laughs) It's swollen. Swollen. (laughs) You need to just lift more. (laughs) That's that's the solution. (laughs) Oh, my God. On that note... (laughs) <laughs> um, good life. That was a good. That was a. That was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, people always go check out the game. You can 
buy into it at early access if you want it is I think four ninety nine right now on no, Steam. No, it, it's cheap as hell. Yeah. It yeah, was it's like a dollar ninety nine. No, it was four ninety nine. Was it four ninety nine? When I bought it, it was cheaper than four ninety nine. Yeah, it's like four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still cheap. Mm-hmm. That's why I said go ahead. <laughs> and if you are interested in the game, because you know what, it, it is being reviewed very positively, interesting enough, uh, on Steam. That's what it says. The reviews mm-hmm. are very People positive. Like mm-hmm. People like it. Try it out. See what you think. Do not go simply by what we say. Um, yeah. Watch the videos. Watch Let's Plays. Do something. Do what you think. Because in order to engage with something, in order to make a decision about it, you do need to engage with it. Um, see what you think. Tell us what you think. We're open to listening. Mm-hmm. As long as you do state that in a respectful way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Respect is important around here. <clears throat> and on that note, that does bring us to... I, I turned over to the Steam page and the baby just climbed into the oven. Um <laughs> That does bring us to the end of episode 120. There are a couple of things that we should think about and remember. that Remember that one, um, next week our next Games for Good initiative project is going yeah. on. We are going mm-hmm. to be streaming for 24 hours, not as individuals. Thank but, God. <laughs> no, we couldn't do this on a regular but um, we're going to take turns streaming for 24 hours um, and play a whole bunch of different games and chat with folks and do all kinds of wonderful stuff in order to raise money for the National Breast Cancer Foundation, which does education, uh, diagnosis, and treatment of breast cancer for folks who would otherwise probably not be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's important um, to us and to many other people. Um, give what you can. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. <laughs> so, you know, give a dollar, give $5,000, give whatever you like. As I said, we will be streaming for 24 hours straight on February 13th. Um, and we're running on Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> Um, and it's going to be a blast. Um, if you go to our Games for Good page, uh, off of the Not Your Mama's Gamer blog, you will see um, more information about the organization, about the initiative, along with a handy-dandy link that we will also put in the show notes um, to the page, the donation page, the donation portal on the National Breast Cancer Foundation page, um, which we're which we're using because going directly through them makes sure that they get all the money and we don't have to deal with PayPal fees or any of that other wonderful stuff. So it goes directly to the organization and makes it a little more efficient. So definitely check it out. And we have a modest goal of $1,000, which comes down to 4166 per hour. Yeah. I promise you we will deliver... $41.66 worth of entertainment per Absolutely. hour. Absolutely. I'm pretty hilarious on stream. Personally. She is pretty hilarious when she streams. She curses a lot. Rakia, by the way. Rakia. <laughs> <laughs> um, also known as Ashley. Um, AKA but, hashtag. 
and uh, we're and we're also going to be having some fun and at some points be streaming with some of our little ones. Oh yeah. And some of our friends. And some of our friends. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful um, friends of Not Your Mama's Gamer who are also joining in. Mhm. Yep. Fun stuff. Mhm. Yeah. All right. All so right. see, we ended on a happy note. We did end Yay. on a happy. We did it. We did it. Yeah. And as I said, that brings us to the end of episode 120. So until next time when we have episode 121, stay warm, stay dry, (laughs) yawn, yawn. Sorry. And as always, my friends, game on. Game on. Woo. Thank you.